Hi guys, a quick note on this week's show. Um, it's going to be a bit different than what we usually do. It's not me interviewing someone. It's actually me being interviewed. Um, the very namesake of South Congress comes from a particular street in Austin, but more specifically, it comes from a relationship between myself and Michael Hara, um, guy I went to high school with, played football with, was not really close to. Um, and then we kind of reconnected in adulthood and found out that, you know, we have so many commonalities and things that we see about the world and how we feel about family and friendships. And so I, I owe him the very namesake of the South Congress brand. Um, Mike is actually restarting his podcast uh, called the O'Hara Mode podcast. He is a personal trainer and fitness coach in Austin. And we talk about um, really not what went wrong, but what might have derailed the podcast for a bit. We talk about Mike finding his voice. Um, we spend a lot of time talking about how we inspire one another. And so this week, I really wanted to draw attention to somebody who's meant a lot to me and my growth as a person. Um, we go from common experiences in high school to things we've seen in adulthood to how our view of the world's changed and what some of our goals are. So I really hope you guys enjoy this and be sure to find the O'Hara Mode podcast on SoundCloud or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't worry, next week, we're going to get back to back to normal, back to basics. And Peanut will be with me um, so that we can have our traditional type show. And we've already got a really fantastic email that I think is going to be the crux of what we talk about. So, again, guys, thanks for sticking with us. Um, I want you guys to make sure you are being safe. Uh, I want to make sure that you are healthy, that um, not only physically, but mentally, that everybody's doing well. Um, and we'll get through this. And once we're back to normal, expect everything to be back to normal as far as these shows go. But yeah, um, this week, me being interviewed on the O'Hara Mode podcast. The South Congress podcast is a lifestyle show that sometimes crosses over into mature territory. The views expressed are those of the hosts and guests who come from different backgrounds and experiences. Listener discretion is advised. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Michael O'Hara, also known as Coach O, to the athletes I train and work with out of Austin, Texas. This is the O'Hara Mode podcast, the relaunch 2.0. I got my main man, Cameron Hawkins, uh, a.k.a. Seahawk, from South Congress podcast uh, and numerous other um, podcasts and, and different creative things that he's working on. He's always doing something. Um, so... I wanted to have Cameron on for my first episode of the relaunch because he's been such an inspiration, um, you know, and, and kind of what got me into podcasting. And more importantly, he really helped me launch my first one. When I first, you know, tried doing this, uh, I kind of fizzled out. Uh, we'll get into that later. <clears throat> with why it wasn't as successful as I wanted it to be. I kind of just stopped it. Um, like I said, we'll get into that later. But, you know, with the relaunch, the 2.0, the, my main objective and the purpose of this podcast is I want to really highlight um, not just my friends, because I got some cool ass friends, Cam being one of them, but and some really talented friends, um, but just people in general, anybody in the community, 
anywhere, especially in Texas, obviously, because we're here in Texas. We're in Austin, in the capital of Texas. But I want to highlight and um, give people their roses while they're still here. You know, there was a big, I don't know, I'm sure you're, you know, uh, Joyner Lucas, Cam? Uh-huh. Yeah, so I don't know if you saw that recently. Will Smith saw his uh, video about Will, his kind of tribute to Will. Did you uh-huh. see that? I understand. And so it was, what I really liked about it was, you know, Joyner said, you know, I want to give towards the end of his little rap, he's like, you know, we got to give these legends and these and these people that we look up to their roses while they're still here. You know, uh-huh. a lot of times we we praise people in the afterlife after they've already gone on, you know, and, and we kick ourselves because we didn't truly show them our love and respect while they were still here, you know? So I definitely don't want that to happen. And I want to try and highlight as many people as I can and just lift them up as, as often as I can um, through this podcast. And so Cam, this, you didn't know this, but this is going to be you. Okay. We're going to highlight you big dog. I didn't know you did not tell me. So here we go. Right? <laughs> I want you backing out. Um, so first and foremost, man, how you doing with this uh, COVID coronavirus, not craziness, man? Yeah, it um, it's going all right. You know, it's um, absolutely an adjustment. It's an adjustment for everybody. Um, like, you know me, man, like I'm, I'm a super social person. I'm always on the go. And so to not have that is, is a big difference. Um, yeah. I, I have to, you know, you can only kind of speak from your perspective and where you're coming from. Right. Um, so I, I certainly don't want to make light of what anybody else is going through because it's a very serious time. You know, people are dealing with sickness and losing family members and things like that. Um, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to not have to deal with that specifically. Um, but, you know, in my position, um, really the biggest difference has been just the interaction with people, you know, um, both career-wise and personally. It's... Um, a lot of time to kind of gather yourself and reflect, which is cool. But then like day four comes and you're like, Oh, I'm done reflecting. I want to go, <laughs> I want to go see my friends. I want to go hang out. So um, it's, it's been okay for me. Um, definitely better than it's been for most people. Um, you know, like I bought a couch on like <laughs> Tuesday, right? Um, I got like, I got, yeah, I got a maid coming to clean my house. Uh, oh, like it's just, Um, when you slow down, like when you stop and look at, wow, like these are things that I probably could have been taking care of if I wasn't moving so fast. Like it, it sucks that it takes tragedy to get you to kind (laughs) of slow down and take care of the things you need to. But it's, it's been a lot of that for me. Um, it's been a lot of adulting has been the biggest thing. Yeah, man, it's crazy. And like, it's to kind of, to piggyback off what you just said, you know, like it's what I, what I see the most more than anything is just obviously because what I do for a living is, is, you know, I'm a trainer and a coach and a gym owner, but people outside running, walking, biking, Mm -hmm. and a good friend of mine who he was a trainer, he, he just recently changed careers, but he was like, man, he posted something the other day. He's like, I feel played. If I'd have known all I had to do is tell y'all to, to stay inside, to get y'all to outside and get yeah, moving, man. you know, and, and again, not to make light of, of everything that's going on, but like, there's a lot of things that I hope that we as a people, as a society will continue to carry on a lot of the things that we're doing right now. Like, like you said, a lot of us are, you know, kind of, uh, we lose sight of what's important, you know, and, and, and life happens and we just kind of get on with the busyness of it and, and we lose track of, um, of what really matters, you know? And so obviously 
right now, everybody being inside, you're spending more time with your family uh, and hopefully they're cherishing that time, you know, but uh, more importantly, what I would love to see at the end of all this, if and when this we do get out of this, honestly, man, I don't know that that we'll ever get back to. Um, I think I don't think it's going to be ever be normal again. I think yeah. it'll be a new normal. For sure. You know what I'm it'll be very different once things do settle down, once the dust does settle. Uh-huh. But, uh, but again, I, I think I'm okay with that, you know, because I feel like um, as a whole, we should and hopefully will be more empathetic, uh-huh. you know, more, more considerate to others um, and just enjoy the finer things in life, man. Yeah. Um, that's what I feel like. I, I'm trying to to stay and get the most out of this as because it, it is affecting, like you said, a lot of people, you know. For sure. Uh, and I've, been, I've been very fortunate like you. I haven't had anybody, you know, directly in my family or, or very close to me that's been affected. But, you know, but uh, what's his name? Bonner, his mom. Right. Uh, yeah. She beat it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, thankfully, she's she's good. You know, um, I've got one of my uh, a gym member of mine, um, former gym member. She she had it. Uh, she beat it as well, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but man, it's crazy. It's, it's a lot. Crazy. It's a yeah. lot to deal with. How's uh, how's Banner doing with all this? He's good. He's, he's good. loving it. Huh? Oh my god, he's crazy. <laughs> he, um, he what he had like an infection last week, but that was just from like other stuff. But uh, he's he's nuts. We um we had him at at the park. Uh, probably about three weeks ago and he's out there going nuts. So it's all his energy. And, you know, she's, um, you know, she's an assistant principal. And so she's doing meetings and stuff during the day. But like, I, you know, when we, when we FaceTime, he's zooming around in the background being him. So he hasn't lost a step. He's not going to lose a step. He's nuts, man. He's, he's well, um, you know, you see more, that's another thing. Like you said, like you see more people, you see more, more pets too. Like all of a sudden people want to walk their dogs. (laughs) Like people are everywhere, man. It's, um, but in a good way, like I went before we did this, I went to, um, the closest elementary school and like ran like 10 hundreds. Like when's the last time I ran 10 hundreds, right? Right. Um, and so, yeah, I was out there and there were guys out there, like small group of guys playing football. And then you see kids riding their bikes and like a family riding them. So it's, it's like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of togetherness right now. And it's, yeah. it's, it sucks that it takes tragedy to make it happen. But like you said, like, I hope that people still have the desire to jump out of their house right at five o'clock to do stuff like they do right now. Like for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there's man, there's, um, are, are you familiar with team Rubicon? You ever heard of team Rubicon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're a nonprofit, uh, founded by a, a Marine sniper. He actually, uh, uh, served with my brother. I don't remember if it was Iraq or Afghanistan, but his name's Jake Wood. And he was, he was honored at the ESPYs, uh, for their work with Harvey and which was the, which was the one that hit, Puerto Rico, Maria, I think it was. I want to say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so obviously those were like back to back in the same year. They did so, that's what they do. That Team Rubicon, they, they, it's, it's a nonprofit and it's all veteran based. So all the volunteers are all former military personnel and they go to wherever a natural disaster is and they just do amazing work. And, and anyway, so he was honored at the ESPYs for the humanitarian award, I believe it was several years back. And, you know, and he touched on that exactly what you just said. You know, he said, man, you know, it, I get to see the beauty in, in humanity when we go to these things. Obviously, the tragedy because of what happened, but, you know, people helping each other and really being there for their neighbor is a beautiful thing to witness. And he just kind of 
you know, had a call to action and challenged everybody was like, let's not wait for these tragedies and for these natural disasters to happen for us to be loving, caring human beings. You know, it was a really good speech. I, I, I you know, if anybody want to look that up, go to, uh, you know, YouTube and I'm sure you can just YouTube it. Um, his name is uh, Jake Wood at SB Awards. It was a great, great speech. Um, but all right, man. So, <clears throat> so like I said, today I want to, um, honor cam a little bit and you know give him the much deserved props uh that i don't think he gets i i, I mean I, I think he does you know and and it's funny you know i i kind of sit back and lurk on twitter and, and you know you'll see me like something here and there you know yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. it's um that whole thing is just it's 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 weird to explain um because you know i as, as long as you and I have been like close, right? Like you kind of know my personality, like how I joke around. And it's just that thing where it gets to like a certain like follower count or like a certain network of people. And then everything you say is exactly what you mean. And then they ride the joke out for months at a time. And you're just right. like, oh goodness. But right. you know, my personality is to like, I've always kind of been, if, if, if the joke is funny and the joke's on me, I'm fine with the joke. You right. know what I mean? Like it don't right. bother me much, but it can get to be a little much sometimes, but it's all to the good. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. Nah, and, and, and you deserve props for that in itself, you know, being able to laugh at yourself. Cause a lot of people can't. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, and man, and, and it's funny because I would say, I would say I've been one of those kind of on and off throughout my life, you know? Um, and that was a big part of, you know, why I feel like, uh, I just I wasn't happy with the the podcast when I first launched it. Number one, I don't know if you remember, but like even when you first interviewed me for your first one, you know, and then and then the ones that I had you on, like mm-hmm. I was just so damn nervous for everyone. I'm like, bro, what is your problem? Like, you know, I don't get nervous, you know, and um, I think a big part of that was number one, like I, like I texted you earlier this week, you know, like. I was too worried about saying the wrong thing, you know, and, and, and getting caught up in, in, in this or that. And, um, man, I, I don't care anymore. And it's, I'm tired of, of, of censoring myself. And again, I got to give you props for that because you, you don't. And, and I, I feel, and, and there's a certain, there's a certain confidence that comes with that. Like you have to be like, you know, where your mind and where your heart is and, and you say what you want when you want and you don't care. And, and, and that's, I love it, man. And like, for me, like, there's still a few things in my personal life that I don't want to talk about. And that's, that's just cause that's my personal life. Right. Sure. But mm-hmm. Like one thing I don't care about anymore is my past, man. For a long time, I don't want to necessarily say that I was ashamed of it, but you know, I just, I didn't care to have people to know about it, you know, and, yeah. and it, it was a part of me. It's no longer me. Um, I mean, don't get it twisted. There's a little bit of me still in there, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been fun watching you grow, bro. Like since high school, like, you know, to where you are today, yeah. like, it's a total different person, man. It's a huge transformation and, and I love it. And um, again, you've been a big, big inspiration to me to finally, you know, just, Fuck it, man. Let's go for it. Yeah. Because again, with with my growth, like I know who I am. I know where my heart is. And if I do say something stupid and I offend somebody, look, like it, it wasn't intentional. And you know, we can we can grow from there and we can figure it out from there. But like it is what it is. And that doesn't mean I'm a wild out and, and just be an act of fool. Yeah. You know, uh, but you know, 
I just, man, I appreciate you. Um, you know, cause again, like, I, like I said, I kind of just lurk in the, in the background on Twitter and just on social media and, and, uh, I love what you're doing, man. No, whenever we, um, whenever we get together, um, you know, we've been lucky enough to have relationships where, uh, with, with the South Congress podcast where we can get together and like do an event somewhere. And um, the thing that I always stress, like when I'm telling the whole story of South Congress, like it always starts with you. Um, and what I tell them is, you know, Mike and I did not like growing up, we weren't close. Like we played sports together, but together in the sense that we're on the same team, not like Mike and I are going over like plays or saying after practice together. It wasn't that, you know? So um you know, the thing that always impressed me about you was when you and I got together as adults, it was like open book. It was like, hey, this is what happened with me between the day we graduated and right now. And I think that when we first got together to do uh, to do my podcast and to do yours, I think that some of that got lost in what you were presenting, because I think that, you know, you're so early in your training, like you're so early in your business that you don't want to say the wrong thing or have the wrong mood right. that is going to stop you from X or Y client or stop you from X or Y partnership. And I totally understood that, which is why like when we're talking, like I'm not pushing you to say this or say that, like, it's just, it's one of those things where you had to go back and hear what you were doing and be like, wait a minute, like, that's not, that's right. not me. That's not who yeah. I want to present. And then like, that's the thing, like, what's what's impressive about you like my business owner family man is the journey from who you were before till now like so you know it, it takes us all a long time to find our voice like you said like when i was in high school like it was all about the fun and the quick joke and you know i was just kind of out there like i was i was outgoing but in the sense of probably up until we were probably up until right when football had uh, ended, Mike, I wanted everybody to like me. Right. I wanted to be a part of every social circle. I wanted to be at every party. I wanted to be in every group. And then, you know, when you start doing those college applications um, and you're not playing like a sport anymore, because um, like I didn't, I didn't run track like in the spring, like this is all just, just me. You start to see like, wow, a lot of those relationships were based off of what I did, not who I was. You know, and then, you know, you get to college when all of a sudden, like, like, granted, um, even though you and I went to the same school, you know, I'm over here at this magnet school. So while like I'm good at Taft, I'm the cool guy at Calm Arts. Like, that's all me. Right. You get to this. You get to the school where it's 40,000 people and it's one percent black. And that one percent is, you know, the P.J. Tucker's and uh, Daniel Gibson's of the world, you know, right. and then eventually like the V.Y.'s of the world. Like you cool, but you're not that cool. So you got to <laughs> totally reevaluate like what's going on. And then, you know, like even though, like, like I said, that one percent, like you cool. Damn, so you is only one percent. No, it's not one percent black now, but oh, three. It was one percent. Like wow. things have changed. But wow. with with that being said, like you're cool with all those guys. But you go to a party with them. Ain't nobody talking to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just, you just kind of over there. So it was really a time where like really, really, really being the minority, you see how different the world is. You yeah. see how people treat you different. You see um, the things that you actually have to value. So boom, fast forward to 08, 09, the world is different to me. 
Like I'm seeing like things that were jokes and things that were like slide remarks when we were kids, they not jokes no more. And so it was, I got a little older and realized that, yo, I got to speak truth to power. Like if, if I really feel this way about something and I know that I can talk about it and I know that I have a point and I know that I have a reference and I know that it's going to carry weight, that's what we're going to talk about. And, you know, I fear, I fear my God, and my mother, that's it. Yeah. You know, so anybody else, like, like I always joke on Twitter, like somebody, I'll say something crazy. They'd be like, man, I'll knock you out. And be like, Hey, do it. I'm gonna wake up and keep talking my shit. Like right, right. that's going to happen. So right. you know, if it don't end my life, we're going to keep going. But, um, but yeah, it was just, so, so let me ask you this was, was there, was there a certain breaking point that, that shift, you know, like 08, 09, you know, or was it just kind of a collection of things that happened throughout college and what have you in the world that when you got out there, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. or was it one particular incident that was like, man, I'm over this shit. Like- I'll tell you what threw me and it was, and it had never happened before, but it, it started happening like my freshman year. Nobody was sitting next to me on the bus. Like, you know, UT has a shuttle, right? Okay. And nobody was sitting next to me on the bus. And huh. I say nobody, like it's all white kids, you know what I right. mean? And granted, right. like, like think about it. You, you got fear of nobody, but you would understand where I'm coming from. Like, you've known me my whole life. Well, my whole life. You know me as a teenager, right? And right. Like, as much time as we spent in them damn locker rooms and on that field, it's like our whole lives, right? Right. right. Um, so you know me, I'm 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 harmless, right? But yeah, you come from you know, podunk town or suburban big city, and you never been around a black kid before, and all of a sudden you're afraid for your life. You know what I mean? Like it was, it yeah, was man. culture shock. Like I, I didn't yeah. know, I didn't understand it. And then, then you start to understand like, wow, like these kids have grown up with anybody who doesn't look like them. It, they, it, they saw them on TV, you know what I mean? That's it. And so I think that was really like the reference point to like, like, wow, there's, there's really two different worlds existing in this same space. And then you start to couple that Mike with stuff like, um oh like imagine going to a party and not being let in and nobody in the party looks like you but all the music they're playing is people look like they look like you like right. it's stuff like that starts to mess with your head and it right. just um you know by the time we got to what is it when we talk about 0809 you know i was writing uh south congress as a blog um, just talking about the goings on in the world. And, you know, then, you know, Mike Brown was killed. And that was just like, that was it. Because, you know, what it really showed me, um, first, that's how I first started learning not to open Facebook. Um, but what it showed me was people who grew up on the same streets that I grew up on, right? Like a block away or two blocks away had totally different ideas of how the world worked. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, wow, like you see all the things I see, like you, which apparently you see them through different eyes. And that's not me saying that everybody who doesn't think like me is wrong, but it is me saying like, wow, like there's a whole lot of knowledge. People who are, are around me just do not know and do not understand. And so I think I started to become defiant at that point, not defiant against my friends, but just defiant against the idea that, you know, there, that one idea exists that like right. 
the things that I see aren't real and aren't valid. And yay, wow. Like, like I, it got to the point where I was a racist on Facebook and I was like, you know what? I don't, <laughs> I don't need this anymore. Like, I don't, this isn't cause, cause one thing I've learned, especially with social media, man, like um, it's not worth it trying to convince some people that, there's a bigger perspective than what they have. No, you ain't lying, man. Make fun of them. You ain't lying. (laughs) Bro, there's so much truth to that, man. It's, it's unreal. It's great. We talked about it though. Me and you like, and, and, and this is the thing that I appreciate from you. You were like, like Cam, like, it's not that I didn't know, but when you say it, like it makes sense. And, And that's, a big thing for me too, man. Like it's not, um, cause my, again, my experience isn't the only one, but mm-hmm. you know, I have empathy for people who have never seen things or, or experienced things. And, you know, if they want to try to understand, like, that's cool. Um, and, and like, I, I don't know every single person's experience. Like, like probably the biggest thing for me, you know, like you date, a Middle Eastern woman for like 10 years and you're just like, whoa, <laughs> there, there's yeah. so much that I didn't know. Um, so, so just, um, like really like college was the start of it. Seeing how people who don't even know you will treat you really differently. And it just kind of snowballed from there to the point where I was like, yo, we, we got to speak on this stuff. Like we got to talk about this stuff. Yeah, that's dope, man. And, and, and that's the thing too, that I love about you. And you kind of spoke on it for, for a second there was that, you know, cause I, I've told you on numerous occasions is that, you know, it's the way you break things down, man. And, and it's just, it's eye opening, you know? And again, it's not that, you know, I wasn't aware of these things, um, but it, certainly not to the extent, you know, um, that, that it really is, or, um, or really again, kind of seeing it through that lens of a person of color, you know, like yourself, you know, uh, black people and what have you. And like, bro, it tripped me out. Like, and, and what's man. So let me ask you this. Uh-huh. So, cause I never, like, I never, like, at least I don't remember ever really thinking or, or looking or, thinking about race you know like it like as a youngster even through high school like you hated everybody equally it wasn't personal right it's just, <laughs> it's just, but, <laughs> well what i mean when i say that is is not that i didn't recognize it but like it's like i, I didn't realize you know the the kind of uh behind the scenes racism that that exists you know and um growing up in san antonio san antonio is pretty diverse but it's definitely primarily hispanic primarily mexican you know and so i feel like taft was a pretty even mix of everything you know um you know but like now that you know i'm woke if you want to call it that you know um it, it trips me out because like it's like while i am certainly because before it was just it, it, again not that i didn't know but it, it's i wasn't empathetic enough because it wasn't in my eyes or in my face as much if that makes sense sure. you know what i'm saying and so like you know a part of me is like all right i'm a good dude i know i'm not racist like at what point does it matter how much you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah. So, so like, no, 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 no you gotta, well, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And then I'll, I'm just going to say like, um, like I started to read a lot of James Baldwin, right. Um, this guy from, guy from the sixties and, you know, he would go on like these, these talk shows and he basically be like, look, when you tell me like 
America's not racist and you tell me there are civil rights. Like I understand that, but like when, and, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit because I have to talk about how it relates to me, but when he's like, well, if I can't, if you won't sell me a house in this neighborhood, regardless of my credit, and it's only because of the color of my skin, right? Like, even if you're not a racist, the institution is like, if I can't get a bank loan for the same thing that a guy who is just like me, other than my skin, like, that's racist. If you that's know, crazy, man. there's so much of that shit that goes on yeah, that nobody has a clue about. The thing is we don't know until we're adults, but by the time that we're adults, we're looking out for self because we have to. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not, me saying that racism exists is not saying that every single person who isn't carrying, uh, who isn't waving a stick at the man is a racist. It's just like, you should acknowledge that these institutions exist right. and probably get out of the way and not just say, like, like nothing bothers me when, I'll I tell you what, here's a great example, because, you know, a lot of what I do media wise is for pro wrestling, right? Right. So yeah, Jerry the King Lawler, everybody knows Jerry the King Lawler, 70 years old. This Japanese guy, um, Akira Tozawa, on Monday night, he does uh, a flying senton, which is basically you run from the apron, you do a somersault, you land on a guy, right? Right. Jerry Lawler calls it a ramen noodle moonsault. And like, oh, wow. and the what thing is, it doesn't mean anything except you've never called a move that before, but now that a Japanese guy is doing it, it's ramen noodles, right? Um, Another guy was like jumping around trying to get a Mexican guy jumping around trying to get a tag, like hot tag, like like being hyped like this. And he's like, he looks like a jumping bean. Like, listen, you can't really dispute that it's racist, right? But the problem is you have a group of people who will jump in and say, I don't see how that's racist when they could just say nothing. That's the issue. You I, know what I mean, like okay. people are so anxious to to <clears throat> denounce and dismiss racism. Not dis- not denounce. It makes them uncomfortable. It, it makes them uncomfortable. Exactly. It makes people uncomfortable to the point where. And and here's the big thing about it. I don't think most people are racist. I think that when people acknowledge racism, they're afraid of what they'll lose. Like. I got my home loan, dude just like me didn't get it. So now if he can get it, does that mean I have to do better? Like that's a lot of what it is. Like a lot of it is looking out for self. It's not necessarily racism, but we can't deny that racism just helps some people and that sometimes they don't want to talk about it. So like I think the biggest thing, Mike, that I learned from sitting on that bus is that, well, if I'm going to make you uncomfortable, I'm going to be loud about it. You know what I mean? Like, there's no reason. Because me trying to accommodate you is right. me adjusting who I am when I'm not doing right. anything wrong. So, right. you know, like, I, Mike, we were at a bar. Um, before they closed down, we were at Dogwood. And I think uh, uh, it's before the draft, and they're showing highlights from a kid from Ole Miss. And I'm like, damn, that kid is good. Wish he didn't go to that school, though. <laughs> there, guys, there are two white guys sitting there. They're like, what's wrong with that school? I'm like, yo, you serious? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's like based on the Confederacy. Like, what's wrong with that? I'm like, the Confederacy is wrong. And they're like, well, they're like, man, it's not that serious. I'm like, well, it's that serious to me. Why isn't it that serious to you? And they were like, man, just walk away. I was like, no, nah, I'm not walking away. Like, explain to me why it doesn't bother you. And that right. bothered them. You know what I mean? Like, and it could be something as simple as, yeah, 
my dad went there. My grandfather went there. It's a legacy. I hold it to heart. It's really not about the mascot, whatever. That would have been bullshit, but at least it would have been something. But it's like, no, I just don't want to talk about it. Like, all right, well, I'm still talking now, you know? And again, it could have been a problem, but I don't mind making you uncomfortable because it's bigger than like every day that you're comfortable is another day somebody's going to get less. And for what? You know? Yeah. So let me ask you this. Um, Because it's funny with with everything that's going on, like, you know, we're trying to find shows for the kids and, you know, and us. And and, uh, we started watching uh, Fresh Prince of Mm Bel-Air. Uh, putting the kids on on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and they love it, man. They love it. It was funny. We watched the first episode. Was like I, before we bought the like the season. You know, we're like, you know, y'all want. And of course, like, you know, there was three or four laugh out loud moments for the boys. I mean, they're they're rolling over, and uh, and as soon as I was like, all right, so y'all want? They're like, yeah, get it, daddy. You know, so we bought it, and uh, man, I hadn't seen him forever. And and I, there there are certainly some episodes, quite a few episodes that I do remember very vividly. You know, um, but there's a lot of the like, for instance, I, what I didn't realize was how early on some of these episodes were in the in like the conception of it in the first yeah, season. Of, you know, about like real social stuff for sure. Right, 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 right. Which is dope as shit, especially back in the early 90s. You mm-hmm. know, um, again, being an adult now, like it's it's wild, you know, but like uh, it was like episode, I think, three, two or three. It's when, you know, Will and Carlton get pulled over. They're borrowing uh, Uncle Phil's partners uh ben's driving it to where they're at and they get put over and they get locked up yada yada you know and so we had at the end of that we had to break down to the boys like look you know and, and just kind of break it down like there are certain people that can and will get racially profiled and this and that and and it's like to me it's <clears throat> it's a hard subject to address with children because i don't want them thinking anything not that, not that they would think anything negative, but I just I don't want them. You don't want your kids saying "fuck the police," like well, right? But but I also don't want them like because my kids are are sensitive and 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 they're and so far they're good kids, you know. Um, but I don't want them like looking at their black friends and like and being timid around them or or, or being like cautious. You know what I'm saying? I want them to still enjoy them as much as they did before. For sure. You know, sure. but at the same time, you know, as they get older and to be empathetic to some of the things that they might face that you will never have to face, you know, but it's like, where's that balance in their eight and nine? And it's like, man, it's 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 hard to to figure out that balance without you certainly want them to be aware of it, but it, it, it's a big world and they don't need to know it all just yet. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, yeah, probably. And I give him a hard time all the time, man. But, but the thing that I really appreciate about peanut, like, yeah, you do. No, you're always riding his yeah. ass. <laughs> he, he will kill me about something, you know, 23 hours a day. He'll kill me for, for something I did or something I said or something from the past. Right. But as soon as a topic comes up where he's not the most qualified one to talk about it, he'll just sit back and listen and roll with me. You know what I mean? I think that's the biggest thing with kids. It's like, you know, listen to your friends. Um, you don't, there's no reason to walk on eggshells, but be, be, I mean, your biggest thing, what do you need from your athletes? You got to be coachable. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. Uh, the one thing that I learned, Mike, and this wasn't until God, um, it was late in life, man. We're probably talking about the last three, four years. Um, 
you know, I don't know everything. Sometimes you just sit back and you Man, hold on. You know what I mean? Like sitting in a room of of people smarter than you. And I, I hate that like that quote or that idea of go to go to a room with everybody smarter than you and just be quiet. Cause it just sounds so self-serving and pretentious, you know, but right, there's right. truth to that. Like, it's like you, you get around somebody who just knows more on a specific subject and you can just sit back and listen, man. Like there's no yeah. reason to, or like, even if like, don't be afraid to be corrected. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that that's, I, I think, you know, and again, you, you do have really good kids. And you have fun kids. You have smart kids. You know, um, I've heard like you and Leslie, like just just talk about the things they say, the things they bring up and yeah. especially how protective they are over one another. I think that they're like they're going to be good listeners. And so that's that's what you got to tell them. Like, you know, if somebody's talking to you. Absorb the information like, you know, right from wrong, but you don't know everything. So, you know, listening is the biggest thing, man. Like we, um, you know, before I moved to Texas, I was, you know, when I was in Maryland, we're talking about 32 kids to a class and two of them would be white. And I tell you who the two white kids were, Julia and Tabitha. <laughs> right? But, you know, you go from that to living in Wyoming for three years where the only two black kids are you and David. I remember that, too. And yeah. then, you know, you come to San Antonio where military town, it's a lot more mixed, you know, right. so you kind of right. get a little bit of everything. But, you know, so I've been kind of on every kind of side of that. And, yeah, just listening to people is so important. Like, you know when something's bull. But, you know, outside of that, you know, just a- accept that other person's experience. But, you know, I think the big thing for you is going to be um, when it gets to middle school. Because elementary, it, it ain't that much, but, you know, the first time um, that black kid gets a mustache or that girl gets a training bra, it all changes. You know what right. I mean? And what changes is how adults treat them. And, yeah. and so that's really what the kids, you know, would have to absorb. But, you know, you got some time, man. They'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I like you just putting them on shows now, though. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's funny and because and it, it's been like a lot lately, like, you know, like I think this was a while ago. We would just watch it again recently. It was a gridiron gang, you know, but that just more importantly, that one that does touch on a lot of race, but more importantly, just kind of like the the economic and, and the, the, um, the economic statuses of, and, and where, you know, kids that grow up in rougher neighborhoods and, and the, 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 the obstacles they have to face, you know, and like, like growing up in Austin, y'all would never have to deal with any of this, You're good. any of this, you know? And, uh, but you have to, you have to understand there's a good part of the nation that does deal with this. There's kids right now, your age, that are having to duck down their windows because there's a drive-by going on outside. You know what I mean? Like you guys have no idea what that's like to live in that type of life, you know? And so that's why you always want to be kind and, and, and be compassionate. And what's, what I love about their school. So this was all Leslie's doing as is almost everything with them, you know, um, cause she's amazing. But, uh, so they go to Matthews elementary. This school has won national awards on diversity. Um, it's, it's the most diverse school in Austin, no matter what level, elementary, middle school, high school, you name it. Um, and again, they've nationally won awards for the diversity. And the reason why they're so diverse is, number one, so it's in Clarksville, which is a very rich area, if you know anything about Austin. It's downtown Austin, just on the, on the outskirts of the downtown area. And um, so you have that. 
you know, very uh, wealthy kids going there, which is about a quarter of them roughly, right? Then you have about another quarter of them from Salvation Army. So you have homeless kids going there, right? Then you have about another quarter of them whose parents are kind of uh, transfers from, you know, Middle Eastern countries or, or Asian countries going to UT, you know, so you have that crowd. And then the rest of them are transfers from all over the, the city. Damn. You know, that's how we started because we live south. We live downtown now, but we live south and we transferred in um, because of the diversity. And we want our kids to be around that because it, it, Austin isn't very diverse. No. As you, as you mentioned, you know, back in 03, UTs at one percent. What is it at now? I think you know? the, the interesting thing is it's probably at like four percent. But you know, when I was doing my undergrad, you go to UT and then you go right across the highway and you're in the hood getting your hair cut. Right, right. And now there is no across the highway hood. Now it's a yoga studio and a condo and a subway. You know what right. I mean? Like and that's that's the way the game goes. So even though yeah. the campus itself is more diverse, the city, I mean, it's just it, it, the, the amount of gentr- gentrification is crazy. They push people out like everybody's in Dove Springs now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, wow. it's a lot. Wow. It's a lot. And Mike, let me just yeah. say this really quick. Um I, I want to make sure this gets in. Um I um, you know, just about having diversity, especially with the kids and them seeing that early. Like I are high school coaches. I don't got a bad word to say about them dudes, right? They um they taught us a lot. They they took us to places where we probably would not have gotten. So I, I don't want to take anything away from them. Everybody grows up different, everybody has different ideals, but you know, if you're a parent right now or even a coach right now, and let's say you show your kids remember the Titans, right? Because remember when we were, I think we were sophomores. We were sophomores. They took varsity to go see Remember the Titans, right? Yeah. So imagine a coach right now showing their kids Remember the Titans and then not showing them Colin Kaepernick. Because those are the same thing. Those are the exact same mm. thing. But one, one we get to look yeah. at as a Disney movie about triumph and overcoming and succeeding, and the other we look at as uh, distraction and, right. and you know, uh, well, it's because there's that, there's that narrative right now that it's not that bad it, 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 for sure, you know, it, and sure. back then it was way worse and and yada yada, for you sure. know, and, and and yeah, and 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 I'm glad that you said it's a narrative because you can point to things that are not better, you can point to a Flint, Michigan. You know what I mean? You can you can point to a NASCAR driver getting fired. Like there are things that very much exist. You you can point to a Cam Newton having a quote unquote bad attitude when he did everything to be in the good graces of the team. You know what I mean? Like kid never aside from a college incident, kid never did anything wrong as an adult. You know what I mean, and and gets and gets labeled as a certain type of player, and but he's loud. And and yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's all they have. But like, who gives a shit? You can. There's so many other. Yeah, the plight of what the black quarterback is. Um, right. and hell, Mike. Here's here's one that somebody brought to me recently that was just it blew my mind. You notice how the really good white wide receiver on a college team is always roommates with the quarterback, even if they're not from the same town. 
Yeah, you're damn. Like, right. and, and again, first, first thing I can think not, of is uh, Jordan Shipley and uh, Colt McCoy. Yeah, and it's yeah. not outright racist. <laughs> I'm not saying that Colt McCoy and Jordan Shipley are racist. What I'm saying is yeah. that there are just these institutions in place that normalize the separation of people to the point where we find a lot of excuses to say that this thing is normal outside of things have been set up this way. You know, it's, it's a lot. Like I, I, Ooh, there's a reason that they let people coach us at 17 and then we go about our way because we couldn't have the same conversations at 34 and leave the room the same way. And that's how things are. Like, I'm not, you know, regretting that I didn't tell my coach, you know, how dare he 20 years ago, but it's the way things go, man. It's, it's a lot. So again, especially in your position where you have been just diligent in saying, wow, there's a lot that I don't know and I want to know and I want to make sure I instill that in my kids so that they know early. Like that's that's so commendable, man, because a lot of people just want to make sure that their kids get through high school. Right. I mean, you're you're doing you're doing a good job. Absolutely. But yeah, the the more stuff I find out, the more gray hairs I get, man. (laughs) (laughs) I've been seeing it, dog. You you turn into a silver fox. Yeah, man. (laughs) It's it has its advantages, but you know, hopefully these (laughs) hold up, man. That's funny. Yeah, man, you ain't lying. Damn, my knees, bro, killing me. Yeah, I was I was thinking about you, man. Um this last week on the show, um, I had this kid, Bryce Robinson, who has the uh the sixty meter, the hundred meter, and the two hundred meter record at Tulsa. Um, how do I know him? I yeah, met a girl drinking mimosas and now like she's like my little sister and she happens to date him so we got together and it was it was really cool there's i imagine a lot of your stories start off with i was drinking mimosas yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um you know he's we had a long conversation about them pushing the olympics back and his goals and you yeah. know trying to get on the uh you know on the four by one team and it was just a great conversation i was like man this is um this this should have been mike's interview i'm glad i got it before you did <laughs> no, that's cool, man. That's cool. Um, I don't know if you remember me telling you, but I was gonna. I was. Uh, uh, I wasn't gonna bring it up unless you brought it up. But yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I don't mind. Um, you know, for those that don't know, I was was trying for the 2020 Olympics this year in Tokyo. Obviously, everything's got postponed, and I'm glad it did because I would not have made it. Uh, I just, you know, last year. As I was getting into the groove of things, um, which was last summer, um, I was kind of hit with a big blow. One of my best friends passed away and uh, kind of just, you know, threw me threw me for a loop. Um, and, you know, as I was trying to get back in the swing of things, um, you know, I, I just wasn't as focused. And then I finally became, you know, pretty damn refocused. But, you know, Literally, if I were able to, I think this was like January finally this year. And I was like, all right, this is like, if I could pull this shit off, it's going to be a damn miracle. But fuck it. Let's go for it. You know? And then about a month into that, bro, I I jacked my knee up doing hill sprints, hyperextended. And it's still like, I still can't run on it right now, you know? Um, So, but uh, no, you know, and and I read a couple articles on, on, you know, the Olympics being postponed and it was, it was, it was some, some insightful stuff and some, uh, I, I was happy to read obviously, cause you know, a lot of these Olympians, <clears throat> people don't realize like 
as especially like you know track and field or, or unless you're like the Usain Bolts or the Michael Johnsons or you know the 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 top the Michael Phelps the the big huge names like you ain't getting paid nothing from nobody. Yeah, there, there ain't. No, I mean, you'll have a sponsorship here and there, but it ain't paying you shit. They might give you some free gear. Yeah, but you ain't getting paid nothing to live off of. Yeah, you know. And so a lot of this was like this article was kind of it was kind of you know showing the the good and bad of it. Obviously, right? Like there's some people, you know, like myself, and I'm not trying to compare myself to any of these Olympians because I'm nowhere near that. But hopefully, I will be by next year. But you know, the ones that weren't quite ready and need the extra extra time, right? But then you have a good portion of them too who are just scraping by uh-huh. to make ends meet. You know, like this uh, this one athlete, I forget who it was, um, who they were talking about, but, you know, him and his wife and his wife's a teacher. So, you know, she ain't making a whole lot of money. And then he works part-time, but he trains full-time because he's he was – he he meddled last – you know, 2016, I think it was bronze, and he was trying. This was his last go around. He's like, man, I'm going to go for gold. This, this is it. You know, and so he's been interviewed for this article, and he's like, man, like, I don't know if I can do this shit for another year. I don't know if I can ask my wife to sacrifice another full year, you know, and and us barely making it and eating, you know, tuna and, and, and crackers. You know what I mean? Like, so, man, I feel for those people, you know, because there's a lot of them like that. There's a lot of them like that. Yeah. I mean, this kid um, that I was talking to, you know, he has um, he does have a shoe deal. Um, so he's like, he's, he's good. And he has, you know, an agent and he's, he's fine, but I know like, that's, you know, like he's fine, but he's also like the 51st fastest person in the nation. You know what I mean? Like there's, he's, yeah. So it's, you you start to get down below that, man. And it's like, and it's not, it's not even just about how fast you are. It's, it's a look, it's a relatability, it's relationships. Like it's a lot. Yeah. So, um, you know, bless these kids who are, you know, there are some who are pros and there are a bunch who are amateurs, like who are, can make it, but they're not, you know, not hip to this. And man, it, it's, it's tough. Like we, um, that's one of the first things Peter and I talked about when we talked about everything getting shut down. Like, wow, like these people have to wait another year. How are they going to hold up? Like it's a lot yeah. and it's a lot for sure. Yeah. So with, with all the, all the time that you have on your hands right now. So let me ask this. Are you, are you, do you still have like work to do? Because you work for yeah. ACP, right? Uh-huh. And, you, and you're like a like a, a counselor or what exactly? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is this is the rough part about it. Um, so so you look around and you know, 16 million people have filed for unemployment, most ever, right? Right. I have more money in my pocket right now than I've had at any point um, since I graduated college. You know what I mean? And and, because the thing about it is, what do you attribute that to? Well, it's it's too going out, going in on brunch. (laughs) Here's the thing, for real, for real. So, I the work didn't stop. Um, Spring break was actually like right when all this jumped off, right? So we kind of get to sit down. But you know, I'm um, not only am I an advisor, but my specialty is online advising. So it's mainly students who don't even come to campus, right? So that wasn't going to stop. But then we converted all our classes to online classes for the summer. So not only so not only am I like in the department, but all of a sudden I'm the expert like me and my team. So it's, it's crazy. So it's been, but sincerely, Mike, it's been more work than ever because I'm more accountable for it because it's not, I'm in my office 
and my boss is across town and they're dealing with 15 other things. And they talk to me one Thursday or every Thursday um, in a 30 minute meeting and then I'm left to my own devices. No, it's um, we need to run a report on this. We need to know how many students we talk to on this program. And you got to answer these emails um, because there are a million more emails now because nobody can go into a campus. So right. I'm busier right. than ever. And they won't let me go outside. So like yeah. I looked up and like I had paid all my bills and half my paycheck was still sitting there. And I was like, huh? Like I'm not <laughs> this. Because of course, um, you know, I finally uh, you talk about, you know, I, I wouldn't compare my rough stuff to your rough stuff, but this was not my favorite fall of forever. There were some some real life changes. Um, and so I had missed out on a promotion. Um, just from a lack of focus. And then my, I finally get the promotion March one. Right. Yeah, I remember so, that. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, like they're giving me X amount more dollars and I can't spend them. So like, right. Right. cause I can't go out. They won't let me outside. It's not a terrible thing. No, 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 you know? not bad. Mike, I, um, yeah. I paid off a credit card, um, that I've been meaning to do. Um, you know, if this thing goes through where they give us 2000 a month, then I'm going to pay off a car. And yeah, I just looked around like credit score went up like 20 points in a week. And I'm yeah. like, fuck, I, I tell you what, secret about America, right? Talk to me. Not out of debt, but if all of us could not pay bills for one month, our whole financial situation would be different. One month. If they just said, you know, all the bills you have, you don't have to pay them this month and you won't be penalized for it. Everybody be straight. Everybody being relative. But yeah, man, I just. Right, um, right, right. So, yeah. So, like, you know, get paid again in two weeks and can't go outside. And I'm like, well, you know, I. I and here's another thing um, to tell people. And I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I don't want to mess up your money. But so I go into um, what I, I, I live in a house. Um, I had two roommates, right? Um, okay, guys. Um, one of them's really cool. We like share a birthday. Uh, the other one, he's cool, but dude is just kind of messy, right? So he moves out, um, and I'm, I'm looking around. I'm like, yo, um, this place could be really cool with with if I just kind of clean up. So he gets all his stuff out. Um, I clean, and then I look in the living room, and I'm like, dog. There's no couch because it was his couch, right? Oh, yeah. So I don't have anything to do. All I do is go to Walmart now and then post up, right? Um, I was like, yo, um, I got money. Um, I need a couch. Let me go buy a couch. <clears throat> I go to the furniture store and I see the couch I want. I'm a bad shopper. I'm a really bad shopper to the point where I'm like, like I used to go with Faye. You know, Faye want to go to 15 furniture stores, right? right I want right. to go to 15 furniture stores. I'm going to go to one store. I'm going to see what I want and I'm going to get it. So the lady's like, can I help you? I said, yeah, I want that couch. And she was oh. like, oh, did you want to? I was like, no, that one right there. I want that. What do I need yeah. to do to get it? Uh, 90 day payment? Fine. I got the 90 day money. She said, all right, well, you know, I'm going run the credit and see, um, you know, what happens. I'm like, all right, you can run it if you want. You're wasting your time. All of a sudden she comes back. She's like, yeah, um, no, uh, same as cash, 48 months. I was like, shit. Okay. Let me get that table too. <laughs> so it's just been, um, so I went into the situation thinking, oh, well, I got some money. I'm gonna have to break a little bread. Didn't have to. Right. So, um, it's been an adjustment mentally 
um, not just physically with work because I'm doing more work, but I'm also ending up with more money at the end of the day. And, you know, just when we come out of this, um, cause I speak from a vein standpoint, like I want to be in the shape that I was in summer 2018, when I felt like I was in my best adult shape. Um, I want to, so what are you doing? What are you doing to work out? So right I've been, um, like I told you, I, w- I went, I did sprints today. Um, I've been running miles. We actually, um, I have, uh, a really good friend who uh, coaches middle school in Round Rock. Um, and she was like, yo, I'm gonna jack a bunch of weights from the school before they close. <laughs> and so yeah. Yeah, get yeah. The weights in, um, and actually, um, she's getting a, um, a guy she plays flag with is like, yo, um, I have a squat rack and a bench um, that I'm trying to sell. So buying that. So try to keep it standard. You know what I mean? Do the course that we do. But that was the biggest thing, like talking myself into sprinting because like, like I was probably two years ago um, and probably like closer to 2015, I would go out there run three miles easy. I think before a Mayweather fight, I was so jacked up. I went and ran six miles in under an hour. I was like, oh yeah, Cam, this yeah, is, yeah, yeah. look at you. Now, not so much. Um, right. Because it's been, I, I tell you, man, the first month of quarantine, the first month, first three weeks of quarantine, man, I was sitting around eating and drinking, man, having a ball. Yeah. And then you get up and you're like, yo, we got to come out of this eventually. So yeah, it's been um, getting out and running, you know, the push-ups and the air squats and then the weights on the weekends. You know, so that's what's up. And I, I cut you off, but what else were you going to say? You want to come out of this? You were, you were. Oh yeah. I want to come out of this. You know, I want to come out like in better shape than, you know, even when I went in. Um, and then just with, with less debt, man, like a, a big reason that, um, you know, and I, you know me, I'm, I'm kind of open about things. I think that if I had been better with, my finances early, a lot of the problems I ran into um, in my 20s and even early 30s just wouldn't have been there. You know, I was always of the impression that things are going to work themselves out. Like I've always kind of thought that until I started to have to work things out because it wasn't happening fast enough, you know? Right, so, right. Um, so yeah, I, I want to come out in a better financial situation. And I, I certainly don't want to make light of anybody who's lost a job, you know, anybody who's, who's waiting on benefits. Cause I know like, that's a really real thing. Like I've been, hell, I've been paying for lunches on Twitter. Um, just cause it's like, yo, like I got it. Like yeah. all out there working hard. Like, you know, I could throw something to you, but yeah, I just want to, um, when we come out of all this, man, I, I want to not worry about the next bill. I never want to worry about that again. You know, you can't fix everything, but damn, in a month, I realized how much I really could fix. And I'm like, yo, like, it's it's going to be a willpower thing for me being like, yo, maybe you don't go out this weekend. Like, maybe you do stay in the house and, and take care of one thing or another thing, because um, I think that that's become so much of my personality that, like, I don't want to be just a personality. Like, I want to be a man. I want to be an adult. Like, I want to, because, because, Mike, I hate getting on these, you know, getting on these pods and getting on these shows and telling people how they should do things, knowing that I could be doing them better. 
You know, right. so, like like I tell you, Peanut man, like, no, he is uh, between Peanut and Faye. Like they're the two most financially sound people I know. They just got their stuff okay. together, and um, you know, I'm like, damn, Peanut. Like you know, Peanut spent all that time in Del Rio where you couldn't spend no money, so right. <laughs> he right. would take care of business back then. Unless he hopped over the border, yeah, yeah we just over there every now and again. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, it's just um. Yeah, I want to come out of this um, in, in a better, you know, physical condition and, and mainly health wise, because I don't want to, I don't want to run into a COVID nineteen issue or it, being real about it, like a COVID twenty three issue. Because in twenty three, you and I are going to be almost forty. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I want to, I want to live as long as possible because there's still things that I need to be doing. So that means taking care of the body. That also means taking care of the finances. There's no way around it. So I love it, man. Hell yeah, yeah. want to get that stuff straight for sure. for sure. Most definitely. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right. So as we as we get we're coming to an end here, man. Um, are there any? I mean, I know you you say you're you're, you're busy as all get out, you know, um, and that's what's up. That's awesome, man. But with the extra time that you that you may or may not have, are there any particular podcasts that you listen to on a regular basis? Any books that you're reading right now or anything? So, um, the, the podcast, there's like two podcasts that are really carrying me right now. Um, one is, is, uh, how did this get made? Which is, uh, Paul Shear, Jason Mantzoukas and June Diane Rayfield, uh, Paul Shear and Jason Mantzoukas from the league, the, the show, the league, they okay. show every week, um, every other week where they were bad movies. And a lot of times from a live audience and it just kind of takes you out of everything that's going on. It's that's really, cool. um, the other big pod is a uh, Bomani Jones um, for ESPN. Yeah. And, you know, he's um, just the way he talks about what's going on in the world. I appreciate on Tuesdays, yeah. he does kind of what's going on in the world on Thursdays. He does an interview with like a friend of his or somebody in sports, sometimes a comedian um, talking about how they're holding up. Um, so those are the big ones. And then like that really, um kind of informed what what I've been doing lately Mike which is uh you know our podcast was used to be me and peanut sitting around with a glass of brown liquor talking about pop culture and then going out into the streets and we can't get together every Sunday like we used to so I've actually been interviewing different people from different parts of the country about how they're dealing with COVID-19 so it started with uh this kid who's a photographer and uh, a media curator in New York. Um, the week after that, I did uh, a kid who works at a restaurant in Alamo Heights that like R.C. Buford and them go to just talking about how they've had to adjust and when they're shut down and what's going to happen when they come back. Um, yeah. A week ago, I interviewed um, uh Alex, who is a content creator from New York as well, um, who does a lot of stuff with wrestling. And then last week it was Bryce, um, you know, Olympic sprinter. So I've tried to kind of diversify that to talk about just, you know, how everybody's dealing with this. So I, you know, I would love to be able to read more. Um, Mike, I have been like binging like Twin Peaks and then bootlegging movies. Um, <laughs> like, man, like I, I rarely even turn the Xbox on. Like I wore that thing out week two yeah you know what i mean so um, i've been going to bed at like nine o'clock man i don't know (laughs) that's funny man that's dope um all right so as as we wrap things up uh i do so one of the things that i want to do uh 
not every podcast, but I'm going to try to do it every podcast is I'll, I'll close with um, somewhat of a challenge to our listeners, right? And with this, and I'm going to start off with a story. And Cam, you can back me up on this. <clears throat> um, so uh, I'm going to tell the story and I'll do my best not to be long-winded because I, I can be very long-winded. My wife is always getting on me. She's like, get to the point already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, so... Uh, and it's funny, we touched a little bit on this throughout the podcast, talking about our, our high school coaches, you know, different, totally different subject. But so Coach Denny was our defensive coordinator, and he was a genius. At was like a film. genius. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the way that man would dissect film and break it down, evaluate it, and, and the percentages of what they run on first down and what they run on second down, if it's second to short, second to long, third, so on and so forth, right? Um, I mean, it was insane. And, and I, I do remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember Coach Bridges – at one point told us that Coach Danny was always the first one there and the last one to leave. He even beat Coach Bridges, Coach Bridges into the locker room in the mornings and, and was and left uh, – was the last to leave. So, anyways, this one particular story, this is the state semifinals. Our Cameron and my junior year, <clears throat> we go to the state championship. This is the game before the state championship. And now, mind you, we were the Cinderella story the whole – Playoff, right? I think we were picked to lose every playoff game except for maybe the first round. And, um, you know, we were the underdogs. And especially this game, um, this team from Pearland, they were undefeated. And they had, I think, two two running backs who ran like four threes. They were going D1. The quarterback was going D1. I think he was committed to Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, they had a laundry list of already big-time commitments to, to big Div- Division One schools that we were supposed to get mopped by them. <laughs> So Coach Denny, the week coming up to that, he's breaking film down and he catches the fact that their offense, they look at the defense and based upon the defensive personnel that was on the field, they would either send out a running back or fullback or a tight end. And whether or not the tight end came on or that back came on, they would run a certain percentage of plays based upon which of those came on. And again, it was based upon the defensive personnel. So what Coach Denny did was saw was a nickel back, those you didn't know. So and uh, uh and Cam touched on this in his in his first podcast. So I went up from from backup JV to starting varsity in one week, my junior year. Um, and then I played nickelback the rest of that. But uh so nickelback, for those of you unaware, what nickelback is, is it's a defensive back who comes on the field in pass situations, right? So um and I would trade out with the defensive lineman. So Coach Danny put both – he kept me on the field and the defensive lineman that I always usually switch out with. So there was 12 of us on the field, and that made them now figure out what they were going to do without knowing what we were going to do. And so now we had the upper hand, and we were able to – Based upon who they pulled out, we knew, okay, this is probably going to be a pass or a run based upon the tight end or the back that came in. And so either I was staying on, obviously, if it was a pass situation. And so so anyways, long story short. Really quick, not to throw you off. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the picture in the paper is him holding you by the jersey getting ready to run on. No, no, no. So, uh, so that, so, so I was mentioned quite a bit in that article, which is pretty dope. But uh, so the picture was actually um, with CJ. CJ breaking up a pass. Okay. I feel like there's a photo of that, though, of him holding you, like you being next to him getting ready to run on. That could Maybe. be the know. film that we saw. But, yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, but so I say all that to say this. So that was 100% the reason why we won that game, right? Um, you know, I don't know if you remember, Cam, at the locker room, 
at halftime, you know, because I think we were we were just barely winning or it was a lot closer than what everybody said it was going to be, right? And in the locker room, as we're in the tunnel coming out of the Astrodome, which was awesome to play in, um, you know, we were chanting one more week, one more week. And uh, and then they started coming out because we're coming out the same tunnel. And, like, we saw them and we knew we had them. So, okay, I'm getting off track. So, my bad. Uh, so, we win the game. All things Coach Danny. And, and and then, obviously, Rob. Big shout-out to Rob Merrill. He's the reason why we went to state to begin with. You know what I'm saying? Shout-out to Rob. But uh, so with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to challenge you all with the extra time that you have on your hands right now. Athletes and coaches watch film for very specific reasons, right? In this particular case, case, Coach Denny was watching our opponent to see what he could figure out that would give us an advantage. Now, another reason, and I would argue to say probably the more important reason to watch film is to watch film on yourself, right? On your previous performances, what you did, what mistakes you made, and how you can come up with a plan of attack to rectify those mistakes to ensure they don't continue to happen, right? So... I'm going to challenge you all. We all have extra time. We're quarantined, okay? The social distancing. You have more time at home. How often do you or have you ever, Cam, you too, I don't know if you have or not, but sat with zero distractions, 100% peace and quiet, just you and your thoughts, okay, but very deliberate thoughts in watching the film of your day, okay? Not only the, the day that you just had, but yesterday, the previous week, okay, and breaking down what I like to do. I've been doing this for a few years now. I'm not perfect. doesn't happen every night, but I like to break down the different hats that I wear throughout the day, the different roles that I play. You know, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a coach and trainer, a business owner, so on and so forth. And so I do my best to look at my entire day and break down Every circumstance or situation I came across and how did I react and respond, especially with my wife and my kids, my kids, especially, you know what I mean? Like, did I blow up on them or did I practice patience and did I show them empathy? And was I, you know, did I listen and turn into a teachable moment or did I just act a fool, you know? And, and so it's these every, now I will say this, the more honest, you got to be brutally honest with yourself. You guys, you got to be brutally honest with yourself because that's the only way to change and the only way to improve. So with this time, look at the different roles that you play, the different hats that you wear throughout the day and dissect it, right? Really evaluate how can I improve as a husband, a father, you know, and so on and so forth. What am I doing with my life and how can I wake up tomorrow a little bit better? based upon the decisions and and what I saw today. And not only that, what it's going to do for you too, ladies and gentlemen, is, you know, like Cam and I talked a lot about this today, is it's going to allow you to help be there for somebody else who may come across a similar situation in the future. You know what I mean? You've been there, done that. You've already evaluated it and corrected it in your own head. So you know how to help in, uh, uh, make this situation a little bit better for somebody else. So Cam, uh, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, just uh, if you're working and you have it, buy an essential worker lunch. Um, I, I think that the biggest thing that I hope comes out of this is we stop trying to dismiss certain jobs. Like, yeah, man, we we. You know, it's been we were a little bit younger with this, but you know, Facebook was arguing about um, you know, how much minimum wage should be or how much somebody working at Burger King should make. It was never anybody who ever worked at Burger King that was arguing that. Right. But now when you 
see the grocery store packed and you can't get that meal and you got to go to Burger King, mm-hmm. you know, just remember, like, that's that's you surviving. People are helping you survive. So I, I just hope that one thing that comes out of this is a lot less job and career shaming and just a whole lot more uplifting the next man for doing what he has to do to make it. Um, we, we are all trying to survive out here together. So yeah, if you're if you're working and you got it, you know, throw ten dollars at a nurse, throw ten dollars at somebody, you know, who's working nights at H-E-B. Um, you know, that little bit out of your pocket is going to go a long way in them making sure that everybody else gets through the day. So, yeah, we just just pay it forward as much as possible right now, because we could all be on the other side of this. You know, um, a lot of us are lucky to still be making it. Most of us are lucky to be healthy right now. So um, whatever you can do to help that next man, um, do that and, and you'll sleep better because you're sleeping with your thoughts right now because you can't go outside and think about them. So yeah. <laughs> it'll be you know, Yeah. And that's the thing too, man, is like, <clears throat> you know, one of the worst things we can do, and, and I'm guilty of this, I think we're all guilty of this, is is not giving because we fear that we don't have enough to give mm-hmm. or it's too little. Uh-uh. Every, every little bit counts. Even if even if you can't give any 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 financial help, you know, just being there for somebody, calling them, checking on them. You know what I mean? That goes a long way, man. Our words are powerful. Be there for somebody, you know. Um, so with that, guys, I hope you enjoyed episode one of the relaunch O'Hara Mode podcast. Man, Cam, I can't thank you enough for coming on, man. This was dope. This was we hit some heavy stuff. We man. Somehow, like if again, if, if you asked anybody in two thousand and two or two thousand three, if Cameron uh, Hawkins <laughs> and Mike O'Hara would be like putting each other into like this this podcasting in this media space, they would right. be if one guy would be the other guy that they always talk about when it comes to this. Nobody would ever believe it, but uh, no. you know, life, adulthood, man, it just um, yeah. it did a lot for me. Um, it did a lot for 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 us. Just uh, I, I tell you all the time how much I've learned from you, how much I appreciate you, and I'm always glad to help out, man, for sure. Hell yeah, I appreciate you, brother. All right, signing out. O'Hara Mode Podcast, episode one. This is a new program, a new uh, 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 outlet that we're on, Squadcast. I'm not sure exactly how it's gonna go from there, so I'll, you know. I'll edit this and, and get you guys to follow and subscribe and, and all that good stuff. I'll probably put on YouTube and, and so on and so forth. Um, Cam, you want to uh, plug any of your uh, emails or any of your, your yeah, sure. Um, yeah. If you want to, you want to engage in shenanigans on the internet, um, Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Seahawk. That's C E E H A W K. Um, the South Congress podcast that's South Congress with a K. You can find that on any streaming platform. Um, yeah. I'm, supposed to have excuse me i'm supposed to have my finally this short film that i did is supposed to come out what well, was supposed to come out you know here in the spring but i'm sure everything's been pushed back so that'll probably be sometime this summer um having a lot of pretend sex on camera so that's cool uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man i'm everywhere but uh yeah seahawk is where you can follow me on stuff um yeah that's it that's what's up. And you guys can find me at Coach O at WeAreAllAthletes.com. One thing I do want to talk about is starting next week, all my student athletes or those parents of you who have student athletes, starting next week, I'm going to be doing live virtual speed training. Okay, so get your kids, have them hit up a few of their friends, especially if they play the same sport and play similar positions. And we'll get them all on a live Zoom call. <clears throat> 
and I'll get them very sport-specific speed training to get them to the next level and to get them a step ahead of their competition for next season. Much love. Again, signing out. Love you guys. We appreciate you for listening. Want to support the show? Want a specific topic, comment, show, or movie discuss? Supporting the South Congress podcast on Patreon allows you to dictate the conversation. Visit patreon.com slash Seahawk for details on how you can support and guide the show. 